you know, my life is really a cool life, and uh, I get to experience and talk to many different people, and uh, no different than today and on this episode. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to interviews with celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That is because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success. Don't get me wrong, because your story, their stories are amazing and can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your planning and your committed effort. The Money Making Conversation interview provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds and how to live a balanced life. That's what my show is all about. My next guest uh, is an Australian actress. She has made her mark in film and television in both Australia and Hollywood. I personally fell in love with her talents from watching her in three of my favorite movies, Pitch Black starring Vin Diesel, Man on Fire starring Denzel Washington and Dakota Fanning, and the horror movie Silent Hill. She is on the show today to discuss her upcoming new movie, Dreamcatcher. Think that you can catch on right now. You can catch it right now on video on demand. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Rada Mitchell. How you doing? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I, I'm excited. Uh, it, it's really interesting that I uh, every week I sit down with my staff and and we go over potential guests for the show. And because my show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment, and so basically, the looking at my life, I've, I've been in management and corporate uh, corporate marketing and branding, and I try to bring interviews on the show that shows a different lifestyle, a different point of view, and I, I try to get them to tell their story. And your story, I I always felt was a compelling one because of the fact that you, 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 Australia, Hollywood. That's a that's a major move. That's a transition. So you had to follow your dream. You had to believe in your dream. Can you tell us about the whole aspect of wanting to be? Did you want to be a, a movie star? Did you want to be an actress all your life, Rada? Uh, I mean, as a kid, I had a few fantasies, and one of them certainly was to be a Hollywood actress. Mm-hmm. But you know. I think that's every little girl's kind of um, idea at some point in their life. Um, And then pursuing it, I think, by the time I finished high school, I kind of knew that I wanted to be an actress. I kind of wanted to just travel the world, and I wanted to be a photographer for a while, um, National Geographic photographer. So I (laughs) wanted to keep an open mind. Do you still have that skill? Do you still have the talent? That the desire to What's with that? The cam- you still had the skill with the camera to want to take those take photos. Yeah, well, I was studying photography in school, and I was like doing really well. But then I didn't get into this course that I wanted to get into, and so I was a bit uh, put off by that. But I um I went to Indonesia for a month and read this book, An Actor Prepares, Stanislavski, and that sort of. Uh, it was kind of a serious book about you know serious acting, but it got me motivated. Right, and um. When I was a little kid, I'd done a TV show. So I had an agent from this time of when I was 12 doing this TV show for six months. So I went back to this agent and I said, hi, you know, I finished school now. And um, can you get me a job? So It was, it was that simple, uh, Robert. That you just said, hey, can you get me a job? Went back to an agent for a show that you did one time only, right? Well, it was a six-month show, right. yeah, mm-hmm. and it was like we were kids, but I was not really into it when I was a kid. I was a bit shy, so I wanted to just finish school, mm-hmm. so I did. Then I wanted to tra- like travel the world and you know take a year and just see everything, and my mom 
was not into it. She wanted me to go to university. Right. So I ended up starting studying media and literature uh, at this university in Melbourne and uh, sort of uh, doing the odd acting job that I was getting through this agent. So, you know, it got really weird because my mom decided to go to university, the same university as me. So, <laughs> so like you guys were a sitcom. You were a sitcom, right? Mom at the same school you at, yeah. right? Mom at the same school. That was really <laughs> embarrassing. But anyway, so I started doing the night classes, and sometimes I'd be acting during the day on these, on a couple of TV series and stuff. At around the time of finishing the degree, this arts degree, a film that a friend of mine, um, it was very little, like $40,000 film, and somebody's father uh, put money into it. But it was coming out of this film school in Melbourne, and it had like a young uh, director who was just finishing up her, her film school degree. And we're all, uh, a bunch of us were living in a share house, and we ended up making this film. And um, the film ended up getting sold to Fox Searchlight. Right. So. Uh, a few of us who were in the film were like invited to go to the Cannes Film Festival. Mm. So we all went. We'd never been to, I'd never been to any film festival, not even the Melbourne. You went to one of the top dogs, man. I've been to Cannes. That's really nice. So there we were. Mm. So next thing we looking were Looking beautiful, like, you know, looking uh, fabulous. You were looking fabulous, I'm sure. Fabulous. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, we had a great time. There was three girls, and we were all like sort of starring in this movie, mm-hmm. and um, and the director and, and the producer. And so I think it was Anthony Lapalia, this Australian actor, who um, introduced me to my manager or to a manager who I think he was actually leaving. That's right. That's right. That's how you do um, it now. Okay, look, I'm about to go, but I got yeah, somebody no, else I mean, for I you. Know, for me, it was great. So I <laughs> uh, met this manager in Cannes, uh-huh. and um, I think we were there. We were there for like a week, You're and funny. then I had a ticket around the world ticket. Um, so I got to go from there to London, and I was invited to audition for something in London, which didn't pan out. And then I had a t- the ticket went to New York and then L.A. And then right. I had a grandmother at the time who was living in L.A. Like, never been to America, but I had a few phone numbers now from this film festival to, like, meet people in New York. So you, had, then, you, have, you um, have some numbers now. So now you can come at least call somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I had some phone numbers um, of people that were somewhat related to the film industry and then just people who were friends of my friends from Melbourne. I stayed at this, actually, I stayed in this girl's apartment in Harlem for like a week or two in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I uh, went to LA um, and that's where I, I sort of stayed with my grandmother. Um, who was a bit sort of grumpy, but <laughs> um, and we sort of got to know each other. We didn't really know each other very right, well. Right. Um, and and then so that was sort of the trip. And then it was time to go back to Melbourne, the reality of of where I'd come from. Um, but I had from all of that just this idea. Oh, because I'd met Danny Boyle, who was one of my favorite directors. Absolutely. Um, mm. In the LA trip, and mm-hmm. there was a casting agent from from here, from L.A., who had sort of contacted the Australian agent. So there was something of an introduction to meet somebody in L.A., and that's how I met um, Danny Boyle. So then by the time I got back to Melbourne, I realized, you know, everything was happening over here if I could just get back. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's frustrating, um, so right? You know, I, you know, you know you're yeah. back, but it's not back where you need to be. You need to get back to the other back, right, which was L.A. Yeah. 
So then I needed money. So how am I going to get there? Because, you know, I was like, you know, I just out of school. So I told this agent, look, I just want to do a soap because I knew that you could, there's this television soap in Melbourne called Neighbours and it's been on for like 20, 25 years or something. It just never ends. And they keep recycling characters. So I, um, I got on to the show and I had a part for like six months. So that allowed me to um, come back. And also at that point, this little film that I was telling you about was now going to go to the Sundance Film Festival. So mm. I had sort of something to come back to talk about at that right. point. And so that's sort of how it all began. But, you know, little money in your pocket, film at the Sundance Festival. You looking good, feeling good. Okay. No, a few I mean, it people. was all good. No I, grandma. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. just. Okay, cool. It was all a bit of an adventure, you know, um, and most of it just sort of planned out of the suitcase. But it, I didn't really care whether it worked or didn't. I was sort of, you know, it was an adventure in any case. Well, you know, the thing um, about it is that when I hear your story, I just hear just, you know, no, you just you just trusted yourself. You wanted to follow your dreams. And a lot of people get caught up in wanting yeah. being, okay, like your mom said, I want you to go to school. Okay, you know, yeah. like my degree is in mathematics. And I, I did that. And I'm glad I did it, it too, because mm-hmm. um, even as an actor, I think it's interesting to have a more sort of, have a broad sort of source of knowledge mm-hmm. where, you know, you can, having studied archaeology, you know, just obscure things that I studied for this degree, um, right. just gave me a certain perspective that I might not have had if I had it just focused only on acting. Wait. Um, uh-huh. so, so it's good. So let's talk about um, let's talk about some things I, here about your yeah. new project here because I want to because I want to talk about a couple yeah. of my favorite movies because I see them all the time but I, I Dreamcatcher which I'm assuming is another horror movie correct it is yeah okay cool now when yeah. I saw you in Silent Hill basically you know you know you you were traveling in this town with your daughter your another ghost like daughter appeared in front of your car your car <laughs> went into a spin and then you stopped you opened the door the, your daughter's gone your real daughter's gone. And so you you venture uh-huh. into this town called Silent Hill. So the reason I bring that up because it's basically it's basically a, a movie that's uh it's, it's carried on your single emotion and your interaction, and that's what made yeah. it scary to me because you were, your quest was to find your daughter, but you were in an environment that you couldn't control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how do you get there emotionally for a role like that when you're talking about horror, you're talking about characters that don't exist? How do you get there, Rob? <laughs> uh, how do we do that? I mean, yeah, a lot of times we were acting with tennis balls. Um, <laughs> but we also had these, I mean, there were some amazing um, props, like there were some amazing monsters right. that were on set and people, yeah, there was like... I don't know if you remember the child monster in the attack scene on the fence. There was Absolutely. a woman who was very small, and she was wearing that suit. Uh, so she had a little hole in the suit to breathe through. So then they multiplied that in special effects, but there was really one of those gray children. Right. For real. And um, she, this patient woman who sat in that suit all day long for that part of the shoot. So some of it you had to imagine, and other parts of the nightmare were, you know, very much visually present. Right. Right. Um, so it was kind of a mix, um, but how to, how to get into that frame of mind, um, 
I don't know. I think we've all had nightmares. Well, well, I think that you you did a good job. Relate to that. You scared me. You scared a grown man here. Okay, because I felt sorry for. I I thought they were going to snatch you up, that rider. You know what? You know what they did do. There was a technique, like um, for that act of surprise and shock. It's really Uh hard to fake that, you know. Absolutely. So we like make loud noises, and we get someone on set to like. I don't think they were firing guns, but they were like smacking things together so that (laughs) we'd get a real shock. I mean, that's sort of something you do to create adrenaline quick. But it's really hard to act surprised or shocked without having something to trigger it. Okay, know? now you this this new movie, Dreamcatcher. You know your your character is forced to come return with your new stepson at a remote country home. Right there is the da 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 da. You know the the That's scary part. Gone. You know remote. No. Everything you do in scary movies, Rada, is remote. You know when you did when you did yeah. uh, Pitch Black is remote. remote. It, you're just a remote acting yeah. person. When you did you know Man on Fire, <laughs> you were in Mexico, which was a remote. You were captured in a mansion, so you're just a, a remote. Uh, I, when yeah. I saw you do uh, out of water. When I just, yeah. When, yeah when I saw you do the Roman. Offs. When I saw the episode of Romanoffs that you were in, you know, that when you was what I think your son was a was sickly and and you back was in a, Mexico City, right, yeah. right, right. And that was yeah. you, your character. There was isolated. You play those isolated roles very well, Rada. Very well. Interesting. Yeah, I've never really thought about that. You do. You yeah, do. maybe that's because. This is my question to you. This is my question because the, the movie Dreamcatcher, which is out right yeah. now, you can catch it from Lionsgate Home Entertainment. You can catch it on video on demand. When I look at a talent like you and because you make it real, I, I will tell you when Man on Fire, when you realize that Mark Anthony, who played your husband in the movie, was the reason your daughter. He was behind the kidnapping. That moment for me is one of my favorite moments in the movie because you went. It was the oh my God moment. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, that was an oh my God moment. You didn't care if he lived or died at that point. You know, you had been suffering the whole time for your daughter, you know, got lost in the botch, a ransom. And this fool over here had peddled off your daughter with a fake ransom demand. That moment right there, I became a fan. Okay. And then in Pitch Black, okay, Uh Pitch Black. I always wanted you to know, here's a script where when you get a script, you know you're going to die in that script, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, do, yeah. how do you react when you know at the, you're getting the script in your hand and you play well, the great yeah, role? Sometimes there's debates about this. Who's going to die? Are they going to die? Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because you, you know you're going to die. You, you, you know you're not going to make the sequel. If this is a blockbuster, <laughs> your character's you not going to die. In that movie, I was excited to die. I thought it was cool. Uh, in retrospect, I should have lobbied to live. <laughs> but at the time, I thought it was cool. I didn't know they were going to make more and more and more of those I know, films. I know. Um, <laughs> because you know, it, it was so funny. It was so funny. It was, it was just so funny because I was, uh, when I got the, you know, when I, when you got confirmed for my show, I, I went home and I was just going through and then, what what happened? Pitch Black was on. I go, oh, this wild. I got to see. You refresh my memory. Refresh my memory. And so, and and then because yeah, I, I had forgotten that you died in the end of that movie, and the way you died because because yeah. at that movie you you know you you grab Vin Diesel, get up, soldier, get up. You're gonna make it. You're not gonna die. You're not gonna die. You know, get up, <laughs> get up. You know, you 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 toughen up in the end. You that fearless leader, and all of a sudden you got snatched up. I went, oh my god, I forgot she died. And so, and I, and I wanted to ask that question, go, yeah. when you get a script and you know you're going to die, do you lobby to stick around or you just play out the role? Uh, 
Well, it depends on the project. <laughs> Even though you don't want to come back. Right, like, right, uh, right. Kill me. Just get it over with. Uh, I love it. I yeah, love it. I mean, I think, yeah, if you think the thing has, you know, from in retrospect, if you think the thing has legs, uh, right. you don't want to die. That's Absolutely. not a good idea. No. Right. <laughs> But yeah, if you don't, you know, sometimes it's such a dramatic, it's such, and as from an acting um, perspective, right. it's great. Like it's this amazing kind of rehearsal for the inevitable that, you know, most of us are, you know, unable to even to talk about. So to like practice your own death is like an amazing experience. I know it really is. And I, and I think that's the, here's my whole thing is that and in, in, in this interview, I just want to get across to you that you obviously, you know, you're very talented because you, your, your, your acting resume says that people book you and you, you deliver, uh, you know, deliver from the romantic side to the, to the, to the grieving mom, to the scary scary mom to the, you know, to the passionate and empowered mom to just a, a young lady who wants to make a difference in the world today. That's, that's the characters you play throughout your career. But what has always been dynamic for me watching you is that you can, you, you know how to take that isolated moment and make it relatable. And whether it's fear, uh, uh, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, the unknown or uh, just the decision making process, you know, whether you're in, you know, Olympus has fallen and all that. There's just so many different projects. So when you when you, or, or what, what's your what, what's when you go into a movie, when a script is given to you, uh, is there are there any particular goals you're trying to achieve out of that role or is just, hey, thank you for the opportunity to act in this movie and do the best job that you can do? Well, I mean, generally there's that. Yeah, I just want to show up and do was, a good was, job. Was that too deep, Rob? Um, and, you know, I don't know this dude. Hey, uh, often circumstances don't, you know, aren't perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I recently did a job where I yes, ma'am. read the script. I was in one side of the world reading a script on a plane, landing on set, and starting the performance. Right. You know, with no preparation time and totally jet-lagged. And that's not ideal, but... In those situations, you just have to bring it the best you can. Well, right. You've got to accept the circumstances and not right. use them as an excuse, but right. just bring it the best you can and trust that whatever's inside of you is going to inform the performance, especially after having acted for so long. Absolutely. Um, and you're very talented. So that. You just want to, yeah, you want to bring the best to the story, just whatever you have in, of you, in you, and then also have it, it's so collaborative that, you know, have a vibe where everybody's bringing the best together, that there's an energy of mm-hmm. excitement behind right. it. Well, you haven't um, disappointed that, me. You haven't disappointed me. Tell us about Dreamcatcher. Tell us about that. Well, uh, Dreamcatcher was a movie that a friend of mine, well, sort of not a super close friend at the time, Carrie Harris, um, showed to me a, a while ago. And I was like, hmm, yeah, interesting. And then um, it, it, I said, let me know when you get finance. And then um, it sort of <laughs> occurred to me as this sort of <laughs> the cooking went yeah, along. I like it, you know, but let me know when like, you get wow, the money. it would be really, be really great to do a horror movie mm-hmm. uh, again and mm-hmm. to have some sort of ownership on it. And I was looking for a project like that oh, in right. any case. Mm-hmm. And then he came back to me and said, hey, we've got the, we've got some money for this. And um, and we've also got Lynn Shay, who's this amazing actress and is sort of really well respected in the genre. Right. Um, so I was like, oh, great! Yeah, I could read it again. Um, and it, it's so, so it was something that we all have a small percentage of ownership in uh, as filmmakers, um, which 
was kind of a cool thing. And then um, Henry Thomas joined, who's he's the grown-up now, but he was the boy in E.T. Oh, absolutely. Really cool actor. Mm-hmm. And then we found this amazing kid. Uh, so we had this sort of small cast of characters and a location. Carrie had sort of found all these interesting places upstate New York. Um, and a friend of his, we, we shot some of the haunted house where Lynn was staying. Well, not haunted, but her workshop. And then this amazing house that we shot the... Um, the film in so it was all lined up and it was all very simple and um and that's how it began i didn't realize that there was going to be no cell phone reception upon arriving upstate we were we were as isolated in reality as the characters were in the right. we had no cell phone reception we were kind of three hours from new york but it felt it felt like forever away from New York because of this no cell phone reception. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're in this remote but beautiful um, part of the state. And to be honest, the real horror was uh, the ticks. I don't know if you know anything about ticks and Lyme disease, mm-hmm. but there's ticks. And, you know, the director got bitten by a tick. That was like the scariest day on set. Um so that was the horror, like walking in the grass, not knowing if we're going to get like bitten by a tick. Oh, I'm, um, a, I'm a country boy. So, yeah. I've been bitten by a tick. It's not fun. It's not fun. You know, you know. You've been bitten by a tick? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm a Texas boy. You didn't boy. get the Lyme disease, though, obviously. Oh, no. Or no. did you? No. Oh, that's good. Mm-mm. Yeah, good, good. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. It's not the tick. It's just what could happen. Right. Yeah. So anyway. My friend, this is really, you know, know, the thing about it, um, first of all, thank you for doing the show and uh, thank you for coming to my show, promoting it. And I just as a a person who looks out and looks at a person, a talent like you over the years, because you one of those people where, you know, I'm 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 I got I got Netflix, I got Amazon, I got direct TV. If if, if all that goes out, I got Comcast, Infinity. I'm going to watch some TV. My life is really busy. I'm I'm loaded. I'm loaded. I'm loaded. I'm loaded. So so know that. So know that. I'm always scanning through and looking at familiar faces and I look at a talent like yours and I realize that, you know, your body of work is tremendous and it's diverse. And so I just pointed out three movies that I like. I'm just telling my listeners here, but your body of work is outstanding, yeah. and and every time you, you don't disappoint, and you, you, when you, you know, when they say action, you're there and you're delivering on the big, on the, in a big way. And the fact that you're now stepping into an ownership portion of a project called Dreamcatcher, which is Lionsgate Home Entertainment, you can go right now online and watch it. You know, we're in the middle of the pandemic. Everybody's watching TV. Everybody's downloading things. This should be one of the movies you should be downloading right now. Correct. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently, a lot of people are downloading. I'm not sure of the stats, but, like, it's it's doing quite well, which was, you know, great for everybody involved. And it's actually really kind of gratifying to be able to contribute in this moment. Like, it feels like, you know, we're all stuck in our houses. Mm-hmm. We're all kind of freaking out mm-hmm. uh, on some level. I mean, we've been through, I mean, for me, it's like moments of anxiety, and then it's okay, and then it's like, you know, just not knowing what's going on. Right. So it's nice to be able to give something new to people in that time you know a new a new story you know something fun something not super serious um just to kind of contribute during this period well my friend uh, you contributed on my show and i uh, thank you uh we're gonna edit out that little uh, little moment with the doorbell that's going to be removed and uh, we're going to promote this heavily <laughs> on my brand uh my social media followers my fan club my podcast my syndicated radio my you i'm gonna give oh, you 100 wow. support here rada 
You're getting it. Rhonda Mitchell. Well, thank you very much. From we Australia. From okay. Australia. Who came right, over here and lived with her grandmother. Okay. See you later. Bye. Bye. Be safe thank now. You. Thank Bye. you. Hi, this is Rashad McDonald. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversations, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashad McDonald. I'm your host. Who? Cool.